right, grab your Bibles. Open up to Joshua chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, grab one. Uh, there's more over here, Wyatt. Oh, is there one in there? Okay. There's a whole bunch of them over here. All right, so we're going through our study on Joshua. And um, last week we talked about the the two and a half tribes that decided to stay on the other side of the Jordan River. And uh, we kind of talked about some personal examples of, or some personal application of that where, um, you know, they decided to, they were close to the promised land. They were almost there and they decided to settle for what they thought was good enough and they missed out on what God had for them, which was the promised land. Um, We talked about just a lot of ways that um, we can apply some of the things that we learned last week in in our own lives. And so, you know, they didn't want to go in and fight and they didn't want to go in and do the things they were supposed to be doing, even though they had been trained up uh, really for their whole lives to be ready for that moment, ready for the time to go in and fight. And so we kind of applied that to our own lives. Like you guys, most of you guys have been in church for your whole life or most of your life. And you guys have been learning the Bible. You've heard Bible stories. You know a lot of information about the Bible. You know things about the Bible. And, and you know, you're, whether you know it or not, your teachers, um, including me, and your parents have been like, you know, training you up and trying to get you guys ready to, um, you know, be involved in this spiritual battle. And if you're, whether you're saved or not, you are involved in a spiritual battle. And, uh, you know, we, our job is to try and equip you and, and give you the, the information and the ability to, you know, go out and, and be able to stand against, uh, the attacks of the devil, to be able to, uh, you know, tell others about Jesus and to be able to answer questions and, you know, live a life of, um, you know, a godly life and to live a life that, uh, your testimony uh, draws other people in, and, and that's what you guys have been trained up for. And so getting to the moment like when it's time for these people to go into the, the battle, to go in and fight and take the promised land, uh, they decided to not do that. And um, and so there's just some, some failings in those two and a half tribes that decided not to do what God wanted them to do and what God had for them. And uh, so we kind of did, we talked about some ways you can apply that. I don't want to reteach that whole message, but... Um, but if you if you did, weren't here or you didn't get it or you've forgotten what we talked about, um, all of our stuff's on podcast now. So um, you can go back and listen to that if you really want to hear me during your week more often than you already do. It is on Spotify. I assume it's, I don't know if it's on Amazon Music or not, but you can get it on Apple Podcasts. You can get it on, uh, there's, a, there's all kinds of different podcast apps that you can get on. It's on the church website. Yes. What's it called? Ugrow. Yeah. Ugrow is the... If you go to the podcast, or you go to the church website and click on podcasts, it has all the different adult Bible fellowship classes, including ours. It says Ugrow. You click on it. You can listen to anything we've recorded, which has been, I think, since like this summer, we've recorded pretty much everything. Uh, we don't usually record on Wednesday nights now because we watch the video, and so there's just a little bit of discussion at the end of that, so there's not a lot to record. But otherwise, we pretty much record um, all of them. So... There, you may be missing a few on there, but everything that gets recorded gets put on there. All right, so we made it through Joshua chapter 1. Last week we finished. Uh, the last few verses was Joshua talking to those tribes that didn't want to go in and take the promised land. And um, so we're going to start with Joshua chapter 2. And before we, like, get going into it, um, I, uh, I, okay, I made a PowerPoint. It is only three slides, and I'm working on, like, getting myself more, more, uh, PowerPoint savvy, but I wanted to have something on here for you guys to see, mainly this map. Um, so this is 
this is Israel. This is like Old Testament Israel. Um, but this is this is basically where they are right here. Um, right on the other side of the Dead Sea, this this line going up here is the Jordan River. Um, so everything to the west of the Jordan River is is uh, Israel. And so the first city that they come to when they cross uh, is Jericho. And we'll talk about Gilgal later. But uh, Jericho is the first battle that they fight when they get into the Promised Land. And uh, that's not until Joshua chapter 6. But uh, they're kind of on the... They're staging their attack right on the other side of the Jordan River. So um, Joshua chapter 2 uh, is the story of Rahab. Some of you guys know the story of Rahab. Um, once we get into, into chapter 3 and 4, the, they're crossing the Jordan River. Uh, they're setting up like stones of remembrance. We'll talk about all that. If you guys were here for um, James Fife at the Vision Conference last year, he talked about the stones of remembrance. He did. He, he, talked, he taught out of Joshua. Uh, so some of that might be familiar to you. And then Joshua 6 is where they actually fight the Battle of Jericho, uh, which they don't actually do a whole lot of fighting at the beginning. It's a lot of walking around the city. Uh, but we'll get to that uh, story when we get there. But um, I just want to kind of show you, give you guys a visual of, so like Egypt is down here, uh, and they've been wandering for 40 years in this wilderness, kind of in between Egypt and modern-day Israel, or this uh, map here. You know, they've been wandering kind of out in this area. I think there's some there's some things that say they wandered up north a little bit and came back down. And uh, but they, they've been spending all their time kind of in this, you know, just south of Israel, basically. And uh, they're finally getting close to going into the Promised Land. And so they're right on the other side of the Jordan River. Um, I don't know if they could see Jericho from where they were or not, but they're like right there, ready to go into the Promised Land. So this is kind of uh, the last couple of things that happen before uh, they get this land that's been promised to them since um, really since Abraham. And so uh, Joshua chapter 2 verse 1 says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight, out of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they, uh, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came, to, there came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out, whither the men went, I wot not, Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. Uh, Actually, we're going to go to verse 8. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. All right, so uh, you guys remember... Back in the book of Numbers is when Moses sent 12 spies to go spy out the whole land of Canaan, right? They, they kind of went all throughout the land, uh, these 12 spies, and they spied out the land. They came back and they had the report of, hey, there's giants there. They have big walled cities. Okay, uh, we can't do it. And you guys know the 10 spies uh, that said that versus the two spies that said, no, we can do it. And um, the people chose to with they chose to side with the ten people and they didn't go in and take the promised land. This time, uh, Joshua doesn't send twelve spies and he really doesn't send them in to spy out the whole land. They already know at this point they're going in, uh, so it's not so much a matter of like go check out and see what's happening to see if we should do it. Uh, he sends these two men directly to Jericho, 
um, for them to go in and spy out that particular land to get the lay of that particular city uh, to prepare for the, the attack that was coming for that, that particular city. And so, uh, so he sends these two men in <clears throat> to go spy out the land, and, and uh, they had this specific mission for this one city of Jericho. And uh, once they get into the city, they, they run into this lady uh, named Rahab, and it says that she's a harlot, which is like a modern-day prostitute. Um, we'll look at her story again in, chapter, in Joshua chapter 6. Uh, it's kind of the conclusion of her story. But um, the Bible has is full, especially in the Old Testament, is full of pictures and types. Okay, we've talked about pictures of Christ before. We've talked about pictures of uh, the Antichrist. We've talked about some of those things. Um, but Rahab is a really, really good uh, picture of, uh, of, of the modern-day Christian, of, of a New Testament Christian. And so uh, generally speaking, a type in the Old Testament points to something that's, that's true in the New Testament. So like a type of Christ in the Old Testament uh, points to Christ, who is the, like, the fulfillment of that type in the New Testament. And so, um, so Rahab, being a picture of, of, uh, of a modern-day Christian, uh, there's tons of there's tons of examples of this throughout the Bible, but um, but Rahab has a really uh, interesting story and uh, kind of parallels our own story. And so um, before we even meet her, before they, we even know what her name is, it says, "And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab." So we find out um, something about her before we even find out who she is. And uh, you know, pretty much as long as human history has existed. Uh, you know, her profession of being a, a prostitute has existed. And so uh, whether it's in the Christian world or even in the lost world, that profession is kind of viewed as, you know, sinful or at the very least it's more like morally wrong, right? Even, even lost people generally will look at, um, you know, that particular job or that particular type of person and say that what they're doing is, is morally wrong. And so, uh, so she finds herself in a, in a, in a job or in a um, lifestyle of sin. Okay, so uh, I don't think any of us are in the same particular situation as that, but uh, all of us find ourselves in a lifestyle of sin, right? We all are born into sin, and um, regardless of the, the degree of the sin, God looks at it and says, uh, you know, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, you know, for, from our perspective, there's different levels of sin. You know, if you talk to someone and they say, well, I've never killed anybody or I've never done this or that. And they want to jump to like maybe what we would consider to be a, a more severe sin. But in God's eyes, sin is sin, right? I mean, um, there are certainly <clears throat> different uh, human levels of sin, but all sin separates us from God, um, regardless of what the sin is. And so, um, so we find out that, that she's living this lifestyle of sin. And uh, the next thing we find out about her is that the king of Jericho finds out from somebody, somebody tells the king, hey, there's these two guys, they're spies from Israel. Okay, I don't know exactly uh, how they knew that they were spies. I'm, I mean, you know, the, maybe their their accent, maybe the way they dressed, something like that made them stand out as, as Israelites. And so they go to the king and they say, hey, there's Israelites here. Okay, and uh, we'll find out later on in this story, but the people in Jericho... Really, all the people in the land of Canaan, uh, the promised land, they all are kind of aware of who the Israelites are. And uh, we'll find out Rahab herself tells um, some things that she knows about who the Israelites are. And um, so when the, when they go to the king and they say, hey, there's, there's these spies from Israel, the king immediately goes to or sends word to Rahab, says, hey, there's these two guys. They're in your house. Uh, you know, these are spies from Israel. 
And look at what it says. What um, what she says in verse three. And the king and the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, "Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they become to search out all the country." So that's the king is telling her, "Hey, there's these two guys. Uh, they're here spying on us. You know, like send them out." Uh, and the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus. So she, she hides these men in her house and she sends word back saying, uh, there were these two men here. I didn't know who they were. Like I didn't, she says, uh, but I wist not whence they were. So meaning I didn't know that they were Israelite spies. I didn't know who they were. Um, you know, but they were here. But then it says, in verse five, and it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men went out. So she's telling she's telling the king she's lying to her own king, right? Telling him, hey, they were here. I had no idea who they were. Obviously, if I knew who they were, I would have told you. But I didn't know who they were. And uh, right before it got dark, right before the gate shut, they left. I don't know which way they went, but they're gone. Um, that's what she's telling them. And she tells them further on, uh, further on the verses. She tells them, uh, I don't know which way they went, but I bet if you hurry, you can you can catch them, right? And you can go, so. The king sends men to chase down after them. Of course, the whole time they're hiding uh, in her house. And so um, so it, I, I find it interesting when you read this story, uh, these men were strangers to her, right? I mean, she, did, she knew that they were Israelites. That, that part she knew. Um, but she had never met these guys before. These were strangers to her. But she chose to protect them and lie to the king of her own country. Um, and when we read further on here in just a second, we'll find out not only does she know that they're Israelites, she knows why they're there. She knows that they're there to spy out the land. She knows that they're getting ready to come in and attack and, and try to take over her city. So why would she side with the spies that were coming, these strangers that were coming? I mean, that'd be like if somebody came here, right, from another country that was looking to attack America, and you hid them in your house, right, and then you lied to the government and told them, uh, I didn't know who they were. You know, they were here at one point. They already left. And, uh, you know, I don't know which way they went, but they're gone. And uh, and then you you hide them in your house knowing that they're going to come back and destroy, you know, the city. And so um, when you look at it from that perspective, when you just just when you know that information only about Rahab, it's it's kind of interesting to think about, like, why would she have done that? Why would she hide these men um, and betray her own people almost. And uh, you'll find it, we'll find out here, if you look in verse 9, so after she's done hiding them, after she sends these men after them, uh, she goes back and she's talking to these men. In verse 9 it says, And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Okay, so she tells them, hey, I, we have heard about you guys. We, we know who you guys are. I know you're an Israelite. Uh, all of us here in this in this area, we know uh, 
what God has done for you. We know that you guys were able to walk across the, the Red Sea. We know that uh, you know God has already destroyed these other mighty nations of the Amorites, the Sihon and Og. These are the kings. Uh, you guys have already defeated them. Like We know that you're coming for this land. Uh, I know that. We all know that. Um, and so, you know, to be honest with you, we're all scared of you guys. We, we know that you're coming and we know that your God is stronger than our gods and that, that your God is, uh, what does she say? She's, she says he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. And so, um, she's like, I get it. I, I, I've heard stories about your God. I've heard stories about you guys. I've heard some of the things that you guys have accomplished. I've heard the mighty, amazing things that your God has done. And, uh, and my people know it and we're all kind of afraid of you. Like we, we know you're coming for us and, uh, we're not really all that excited about, about that. And so in verse 12, she says, now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. Okay, so she uses this opportunity um, you know, to save herself and to save the lives of her family by saying, I know all this stuff about you. I know who you guys are. I know why you're here. And... Uh, I'm, I'm sparing your life in hopes that you will also spare mine and the life of my family. And they're like, listen, yes, you saved our lives. We, we will in turn do the same thing for you. Um, you know, help us get out of here. So she lowers him down the wall and all of that. Um, but without, so Rahab has never met, you know, in, in the Old Testament, they didn't have Christians. So let me be careful how I say this. It's not that she hasn't met a Christian. No one was a Christian in the Old Testament. Uh, to be a Christian, you have to have Christ in you, and that didn't exist in the Old Testament. But she had never met, um, probably she had never met another Jew, um, but she had never had an interaction with the Lord herself. Okay, She had heard things about God. She heard things about what God had done for her peop- for his people, the Israelites. Uh, she had heard things about uh, you know God's power, his might, his people. Um, she knew some stuff about God. But she never interacted with God. She never had an opportunity to do that. Uh, in the Old Testament, you know, God's pretty clear time and time again that his people are the Israelites. Okay? Uh, his people are still the Israelites, by the way. But, uh, but his people are the Israelites. And if you're not an Israelite, then you're not part of his people group. And, and there are people that uh, are not Israelites that, that ultimately do become Israelites. Like you think about uh, the story of Ruth, right? Ruth was not uh, an Israelite. But she kind of she married into the family, and then by the things that she did in her life, she you know was like grafted into the to the um, to the Israelites. Same thing with Rahab. She she's not an Israelite. She's an enemy of the Israelites. But she hears about God, and she's intrigued about this, and she's she's scared. She's worried about the the things that might come if you know if God's people do come and, and take them. Um, she's worried about those things, but. All she knows is about God and she meets some people who are part of, you know, God's chosen people. And she's like, hey, I've heard these things. Um, I, I want I want to be part of what's happening. I, I want you guys to spare my life. I'm, I'm doing what I can right now. I'm putting my faith in you guys that because I've helped you, maybe you can also help me help me uh, be like part of um, 
the people who are, you know, I, I know about God. I, I want to be part of his people. I want to be part of you guys. I want to help you guys um, and, and, and join you, basically. And so, um, so there's a lot of parallels between her story and our story as Christians, right? So uh, we, I already talked about how we find ourselves born into sin, right? She's in a very sinful uh, line of work. She's, you know, she's, um, I'll leave it at that. She's, she's in a sinful line of work. Uh, we find ourselves in sin. And uh, maybe we hear about God. We know things about God. Most of you guys grew up hearing things about God. Um, but knowing about God is different than knowing God, right? And having a relationship with Him is different than knowing facts about Him. Having a relationship with anybody, a friend or, you know, my, my, like my wife. I can know things about my wife. I can know things uh, about you guys. I can know things about uh, friends in my life. But... Knowing like facts and information about people is not really how you get to have a relationship with somebody, right? That that goes beyond just knowing things about them to like knowing who they are. And so she knew things about God. She had heard some stories, uh, but she had never met God or or even people of God. And um, and so her life goes from living this life of sin, hearing some truth. I don't know how many times she heard stories. I don't know if they're sitting around talking about these Israelites that are kind of working their way through the wilderness and they're coming for us one day. They, they sent spies like 40 years ago and for some reason they never came and, and, and attacked us. But, uh, you know, we, we're keeping, you know, we know where they are, where they're coming around and, and, uh, pretty soon they're coming to, to take us. Maybe they're sitting around talking about these stories. Maybe at the beginning she kind of thought, no, nah, that's, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not, you know, I'm not totally buying into this whole thing. But then, you know, they start hearing about, oh man, they, they took this, these, uh, these Ammonites, right? They conquered, these guys were mighty. This was a mighty, uh, nation. They took them over. So, you know, they're coming for us next. You know, maybe it starts to get more real as the threat starts to get closer. Uh, I don't know how many times it took for you guys to hear the gospel presented to you before you actually put your faith and your trust in, oh, that, there, that's true. What what this person is telling me is true. Jesus really did die on the cross. I am really a sinner. I need uh, I need Him, right? I don't know how many times it took for you to hear it. I don't remember how many times it took for me to hear. It, honestly, uh, probably a lot. Um, so I don't know that she believed everything she heard the first time. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. Uh, the Bible isn't really clear, but it doesn't really matter how many times she heard it. Uh, at some point, she believed what she was hearing about God, right? She believed what she was hearing about. His people, and she put her faith and her trust in um, in what she was hearing, and then more importantly than that, she actually acted on it. Right? She stepped out by faith and said, "I'm going to hide these two guys. I'm going to I'm going to lie to the king and tell him that they that they've gone. Send them after them, and then I'm going to let these guys sneak out and and uh, you know kind of be on their way. Uh, but I'm going to talk to them first and see if I can be a part of." What's happening? I, I want to see if I can be a part of uh, getting in on a relationship with uh, this God that I've heard about. It. So she she actually took action and um, and put her faith in in God. And so um, after she talks to the spies, they say, "Yeah, listen, you protected us. We will protect you. Um, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna make sure that your people, whoever's in this household, uh, when we come and and take over this this uh, city, you guys will be spared." And so uh, let's read the rest of this chapter. Uh, where did we stop? We stopped in verse um, verse 16, I think, is where we need to start. Uh, and she said unto them, so she lets them down out the, out of the window, 
And she said unto them, Get you up to the mountain, or get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourself there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. So she tells them to basically go out and hide in this area. Uh, the people who are searching for you, they're going to come back. As long as you stay hidden, you'll be fine. After three days, they'll be back here, and you guys can go on your way safely. Uh, verse 17, And the men said unto her, We will blameless, we will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. I forgot to advance my slide. I have a scarlet thread for you guys. There you go. Uh, Behold, when we come into this land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of this of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. So they say, hey, as long as your family is inside your house, uh, make sure you let this, you know, this scarlet thread out the window. And whoever's in your house, when we come and attack, it's on us to protect whoever's in that, that house. But if they leave and they go try to fight or they go try and, you know, run back to their house to get their cat or they try and do whatever and they try and leave, that's that's going to be on them. But if they're in your house, uh, we will, you know, it'll be on us. We will protect them. Verse uh, 20. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made uh, us to swear. So, like, listen, if you start telling people about this, uh, you know, we're, the the deal is off. Right? We're not going to be on the hook if you go start telling everyone our business and our plan um, of, what, of what's going to happen. So, so you know, keep it a secret. <clears throat> Verse uh, 21, And she said, According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the, the scarlet line in the window, and they went and came unto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. And so that report that they brought back saying, hey, we've seen this, like we're going to be able to do what, what God has told us we're going to do. Like the report that they brought back to Joshua was the exact same report that Joshua and Caleb tried to tell the people 40 years before. They said, you know, God's got this. Like we can go in and do this. Yes, it's, yes, there are giants. Yes, there's walled cities, but God's on our side. He, like he's going to win this, this battle. That's what they basically came back and told Joshua, the same thing that he had been saying uh, 40 years before. But they go back and they fill Joshua in on the whole story. Um, and they tell Rahab to put this scarlet thread out the window to identify like which house is hers, right? which, which um, area is hers, to, and that's the area that we're going to protect. So that would have been spread out you know, throughout the Israelites. Hey, the people that are in the house with this red string hanging out the window, this red rope hanging out the window, uh, we're not going to fight. We're not going to kill those people. Those people are protected. And so that scarlet thread, like what's pictured on the screen, that is that is her uh, proof of, of the people in this house uh, should be saved, right? And um, so just like her red, this red thread, uh, it's a picture for us, right, of Jesus' blood. And so, uh, you know, we, we just like her, we're born into sin. Um, you know, we, we have this, this constant battle with our flesh, just like she did. 
Uh, one day we hear about God, hear about Jesus. Maybe we believe it. Maybe we don't believe it. But after a certain period of time, if you're saved, like that's after hearing it a certain number of times, however many times it was for you, uh, you accepted it. You believed what someone was telling you. You believed who God was. Uh, you believed that Jesus Christ did what he did for you on the cross. And you accepted that. You took some action um, and you accepted Christ as your Savior. And the the red, just like the red thread was for her, Jesus' blood is for us. The the proof of our salvation, the co- the covering of of our sins. And so when when destruction comes in a physical way for her in the city of Jericho, the walls are getting ready to fall down. All the people inside the city are going to be killed, with the exception of those people that are in her house. Um, this this red thread, this red rope. Uh, is the the protection for her and her family it it covers those in the household uh, and the protection of these these spies that had come and so that that saves her from the coming judgment just like for us we all deserve to go to hell right the wages of sin is death Uh, but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord the the blood of jesus christ is what covers us and protects us um from destruction, right? There's, there's, there's a time coming uh, where those who don't have Christ are going to be uh, sent to hell. And, um, and so her job was to go out and tell others. Now, she wasn't supposed to go out and like tell everyone's business, right? That was part of their deal is, hey, you need to keep this like a secret. But your family, like go and tell your family that they need to be here on whatever day that was. I don't know, uh, you know, if they told them what day they were coming back. I don't know exactly how all that worked out. But they said, get your family in this house, and if they're here, they will be saved as well. They will be protected uh, based on this this uh, this oath that we're giving you, right? Our job is to like bring others in, right? We want as many people covered under the blood of Christ as possible, right? That is our that's our mission. That's our job. Uh, her job was to bring in her whole her whole family, and so um, <clears throat> her name Rahab. Uh, it's a few times in the book of Joshua. Joshua 6 is the, the next few times. But her name is actually in the New Testament three times. Uh, one of those times is in Matthew chapter 1. What's going on in Matthew chapter 1? Anybody know? The genealogy, yes, of Jesus Christ. So it goes all the way uh, from Adam to Jesus Christ, right? And it lists off all these people. And some of you guys may be new. Rahab's name is listed in that line. Okay, there's one other uh, woman in that, and that's Ruth. Uh, she comes right after Rahab. So Rahab, I think, is the great-grandma of King David. Okay, And then Ruth is the grandma of King David. Um, and so <clears throat> these two women get their name recorded in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. This lady who was a prostitute when we first met her ends up, by faith, bringing in these spies, hiding them, uh, protecting them, and then ultimately her family gets saved by this by this red thread that's let out of her window. And her name is recorded in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Uh, when we get saved, our name is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Right? We are our name is written down, never to be removed. Right? God's word, uh, her name is never going to be removed from the from the uh where it's listed in Matthew chapter one. It's also listed in Hebrews eleven, which is the Hall of Fame of Faith. Uh, her name's listed there. I think the other one's like in James or Maybe First Peter, um, but her name's listed in the New Testament. Her name is is going to be listed forever. People know the story of Rahab, uh, this this prostitute in the city of Jericho that was no holier or no better than anybody else, um, but somebody who took on faith what she had heard about God, met a couple men of God, and said, 
please, like, can I be part of what you're doing? I, I will protect you. I'll bring you into my house. I'll keep you hidden. I will, I'll send the, the people away. Um, please spare my family um, and my life. And they did that. And so the trajectory of her life after this changed dr- drastically. Okay, she becomes part of the nation of Israel. So when they come in, they take over, over Jericho. Uh, her family is spared from that. And, uh, and she kind of gets brought into the family of God. Uh, she marries a guy, I think his name's Salmon, um, and they end up having a child, and that child gets married, that child is Boaz, he gets married to Ruth, and then so on and so forth, and the king's line comes from this lady. So her, her whole life changed after the interaction that she had with these men of God, right? Our life should change when we interact with, with God, when we take all the things that we've heard about God, and we actually accept what he's told us, accept uh, what the Bible says about what he did for us, uh, the trajectory of our life should change, right? And and doesn't mean that, um, you know, that we don't still have, you know, battles to fight. We don't still have uh, our flesh to deal with, but we become part of God's family. She became God, part of God's chosen people um, in the Old Testament, the Israelites. And so there's just a really cool, like, redeeming story of Rahab and how God took her from you know, this sinful situation to this place where she became, you know, mother or grandmother to the king of Israel um, just in, in a short period of time. And so, you know, God can do miraculous things to people's lives, but, uh, but the key is that she put her faith in what she had heard about God and uh, she put that faith into action by, by, by taking in these spies. And so, uh, so the spies go back and they tell Joshua all this stuff. And uh, the next chapter in chapter three, we'll look at next week. Um, they're getting ready. They're going to be crossing the Jordan River, and there's a lot of things that go into that uh, that we'll look at next week. But, um, but yeah, just think about the story of Rahab and um, her, the the picture that she is for us uh, of the life of a Christian. So, does anybody have any questions about that? We're done on time. Look at that, two minutes to spare. No questions. All right, let's pray and we'll be done. Dear God, thank you for uh, this morning, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the story of, of Rahab and God, just the way that she um, 